Ladies and gentlemen, good day and welcome to the TCS Earnings Conference Call. As a reminder, all participant lines will be in the listen-only mode, and there will be an opportunity for you to ask questions after the presentation concludes. Should you need assistance during the conference call, please signal an operator by pressing star then zero on your touchstone phone. Please note that this conference is being recorded. I now hand the conference over to Mr. Kedar Shirali, Global Head Investor Relations at PCS. Thank you, and over to you, sir. Thank you, Margaret. Good evening, and welcome, everyone. Thank you for staying dialed in, and I apologize for the delay in starting of the of this call. Uh, thanks for joining us today to discuss TCS's financial results for the first quarter of fiscal year 2022 that ended June 30th, 2021. This call is being webcast through our website and an archive including the transcript will be available on the site for the duration of this quarter. The financial statements, quarterly fact sheet and press releases are also available on our website and have been mailed out to those who have subscribed to our mailers. Our leadership call is present on this call to discuss our results. We have with us today Mr. Rajesh Gopinathan, Chief Executive Officer and Managing Director. Hello everyone. Mr. N.G. Subramanian, Chief Operating Officer. Good evening to all. Mr. Samir Seksaria, Chief Financial Officer. Hello, everyone. And Mr. Milan Lakkad, Chief Human Resources Officer. Yeah, hi, everyone. Rajesh and Samir will give a brief overview of the company's performance, followed by the Q&A session. As you are aware, we don't provide specific revenue or earnings guidance, and anything said on this call which reflects our outlook for the future or which could be construed as a forward-looking statement must be reviewed in conjunction with the risks that the company faces. We have outlined these risks in the second slide of the quarterly fact sheet available on our website and emailed out to those who have subscribed to our mailing list. With that, I'd like to turn the call over to Rajesh. Thank you, Kedar. And once again, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to all of you. As we come out of the second wave of the pandemic, which was once in a generation health crisis, our thoughts and prayers are with everyone who suffered the debilitating effects of COVID and the loss of loved ones. Before we move on to business, I want to talk about what has been a traumatic period for most of us. As the second wave overwhelmed the country's medical infrastructure, we provided hospitalization support, opened COVID care centers in our facilities in 13 cities to help affected associates and their families. But despite our best efforts, we lost a number of TCSers and their family members. Our thoughts and prayers are with them. Recognizing that vaccination was our best bet to an early return to normalcy, we undertook a pan-India vaccination drive that began in May and which covered not only all TCS locations, but also smaller cities where our associates are currently remote working from. I'm happy to say that over 70% of our associates have been vaccinated till date, at least with one shot, including the families that amounts to over 500,000 individuals covered so far. We are on track to vaccinate all TCSOs and their families by September. Even as we speak, the national vaccination program is also proceeding well, and we, hopeful, we are hopeful that we will never again have to go through the experience that we had over the last 90 days. Moving on to our performance in Q1, we saw continued strength in demand for core transformation services across all segments. But the second wave disrupted technology initiatives in several of our emerging markets, especially in India. While our industry verticals collectively grew 4.1% sequentially in constant currency, 
Headwinds in our regional market and other segment brought down overall revenue growth in constant currency to 2.4%. Sequential growth was 2.7% in dollar terms and 3.9% in rupee terms. On a year-on-year basis, we grew 16.4% in constant currency terms, 21.6% in dollar terms and 18.5% in rupee terms. Our operating margin for the quarter was at 25.5%, a contraction of 1.3% sequentially and an expansion of 1.9% year on year. Net margin in Q4 was at 19.8%. I'll now ask Samir to go over all the headline numbers, financial and segmental performance, and I'll step in later to talk about demand trends we're seeing and the emerging opportunities in growth and transmission. Over to you, Samir. Thank you, Rajesh. Let me first walk you uh, through the headline numbers. In the first quarter of FY22, our revenues grew 2.4% QOQ and 16.4% year over year on a constant currency basis. Reported revenue in INR was rupees 454 billion, a sequential growth of 3.9% and a year over year growth of 18.5%. In dollar terms, revenue was 6.154 billion, a QOQ growth of 2.7% and a year over year growth of 21.6%. Let me uh, provide our segmental performance details for the quarter. All growth numbers are in constant currency terms. All our uh, verticals showed good sequential as well as year-on-year uh, growth. Growth continued to be led by life sciences and healthcare, which grew 7.3% sequentially and 25.4% year-over-year this quarter. BFSI grew 3.1% sequentially, and 19.3% YOY, powered by increasing investments in enhancing customer experience, product innovation, cloud transformation, and optimization of core operations. Retail and CPG bounce back to double-digit growth this quarter, growing 4.4% sequentially and 21.7% year-over-year. With discretionary retail as well as parts of travel and hospitality segments, showing signs of recovery in major markets. Manufacturing grew 4.8% QOQ and 18.3% YOY. Technology and services grew 5% QOQ and 12.3% YOY. Communication and media grew 1.7% QOQ and 6.9% YOY. By geography, uh, growth was led by our major markets. North America grew 4.1% QOQ and 15.8% YOY. UK grew 3.6% QOQ and 16.3% YOY. And continental Europe grew 1.5% QOQ, 19.7% YOY. Among our regional markets, Latin America grew 4% uh, sequentially and 16.1% YOY, while Middle East and Africa grew 4.2% QOQ, 25.3% YOY. The pandemic's second wave severely impacted sequential growth in India, which declined 14.1% QOQ, but grew 25.3% year-over-year. Growth has been affected in Asia-Pacific, where revenue grew 2.4% QOQ and 9.3% YOY. Our, products and, uh, our portfolio of products and platforms performed well in Q4. Igneo, our cognitive automation software, signed up 17 new customers and had eight co-lives. TCS Banks, our flagship product suite for uh, financial services domain, had five new wins and five go-lives in Q1. 
Over half our deals are now for uh, the SaaS version of the product. This quarter, we signed up our largest SaaS uh, deal for TCS Bank Fieldate with one of the largest financial groups in Finland for their retail consumer lending business planning origination, servicing of accounts and deposits, corporate SME and unsecured loans. Our Quartz uh, blockchain platform had two new wins in Q1. We also launched a new product, Quartz for Markets, uh, which helps market infrastructure in institutions offer next generation services around tokenized securities. In Q1, TCS was selected by the largest commodity exchange in India to build their new commodity derivatives platform using TCS banks for market infrastructure for clearing and custody and quads. The new platform will help them achieve their growth aspirations and meet international exchange standards with respect to business features, uh, robustness, high performance and security. In life sciences, our award-winning advanced drug development suite uh, had one go live. We developed the TCS ADD safety platform for a US-based global top 15 pharma company for their safety case management automation program. TCS ADD safety uh, will transform the pharma company's adverse event case intake and processing using AI, thus improving efficiency and accuracy in the pharmacovigilance processes. Our Hobbs suite of uh, solutions uh, for communication service providers had one new win and one go live in Q1. TCS TwinX, our AI-based uh, digital twin solution, also had one win in this quarter and one go live. TCS Ion, which celebrated its 10th year this year, is expanding its international footprint by winning in uh, its first country-level deal in Indonesia to provide a countrywide digital learning solution for 250,000 uh, schools and also handle uh, the recruitment process across ministries. It also won a customer in Malaysia for digital campus for 5,500 users. The TCS National Qualifier Test, which is now becoming a preferred assessment uh, instrument for, every level, uh, for entry level hiring by Corporate India, added 10 more logos in Q1 bringing the total number of corporate employers to 160. Moving to our client metrics, uh, as you are aware, uh, these are uh, important validations for uh, TCS customer-centric strategy for continually expanding and deepening our engagements by investing in newer capabilities and launching newer services and products uh, relevant to our customers. In Q1, we had uh, robust additions in every revenue bucket compared to uh, the year ago. We added Two, new, uh, two more customers in 100 million band, bringing the total to 50. We added five more uh, clients in 50 million band, bringing the total to 105. Added 11 customers, uh, more customers to 20 million plus band, bringing the total to 241. 23 in 10 million plus band, bringing the total to 405. 22 more clients in 5 million plus band, uh, bringing the total to 586, and finally 52 more clients in 1 million band, bringing the total to 1,118. Let me now go over uh, the financials. Q1 is when our annual salary increase takes place. This year we had a rough, uh, had roughly 1.7% margin impact from the wage hike, with many parts of the world uh, on their way back to normalcy 
we saw some return of discretionary expenses, including travel, offset by currency gains. Our operating margin was at 25.5%, down 130 basis points sequentially, and an expansion of 1.9% year over year. Net income margin was at 19.8%. Our effective tax rate was 25.75. Our uh, accounts receivable was at 65. Uh, uh, our, uh, our DSO was at 65 days in dollar terms, down three days compared to Q4. Net cash flow operations was at 103 billion, which is 114% uh, of net income. Free cash flows were at uh, 97.5 billion. Invested funds from, as on uh, 30th June stood at 543.6 billion. The board has recommended an interim dividend of rupees 7 per share. On the people front, uh, we had an all-time high net addition of 20,409 employees during the quarter, bringing the total headcount to 509058, 5,09058. It continues to be a very diverse workforce uh, with 155 nationalities represented and with uh, women making up 36.2% of the base. We continue to invest in building the next generation GNT workforce. Our investments in organic talent development resulted in employees logging over 10 million learning hours in Q1. Over 407,000 employees are now trained on multiple new technologies and we now have 19,000 contextual masters in the company. LTM attrition in IT services was at 8.6%. While this is still the lowest in the industry, it is inching up. We will uh, be monitoring the score closely because we have the largest pool of the best trained digital talent in the country and there will be attempts to poach uh, as hiring picks up uh, across the industry. Over to Rajesh now uh, for the demand drivers and trade. Thank you, Samir. I've spoken earlier about how customers are starting off on multi-horizon cloud transformation journeys. These are fairly large programs and within which there are various transformational sub-themes such as customers, employee experience, supply chain management, sustainability, and m and I want to give a quick color on some of these. So if you look at Horizon 1 examples, let me begin with some examples of core transformation, which includes cloud migration, application modernization, and data modernization. We were selected by an American investment management group to help them modernize their existing mainframe-based advisory wealth management platform. TCS will leverage its domain knowledge and experience to create a microservices architecture on a leading hyperscaler cloud platform to enhance the retail client experience. A leading provider of high-performance semiconductors and analog solutions has partnered with TCS to advise them on moving their enterprise applications to the cloud. TCS helped analyze and identify the best cloud provider for their workloads, build a business case, and a three-year roadmap for the transition to the cloud. Coming to Horizon 2 example, several of our customers are now moving on to Horizon 2 of the journey using native capabilities of the hyperscaler stack to innovate, transform customer experience, and differentiate themselves. For example, we have been engaged by Loblaw, a leading Canadian food and pharmacy retailer, as a partner for modernizing their core pharmacy dispensing platform, leveraging a leading hyperscaler platform. This program is expected to deliver better customer experience making the pharmacy operations more patient-centric and one of the best in the business. Similarly, the largest hotel franchiser in the world, based in the United States, has selected TCS as a strategic partner to reimagine their customer interactions and loyalty 
and to modernize the front office and build a digital core to uh, significantly upgrade the customer engagement. TCS will build smart mobility solutions to improve customers' digital journey enabled by native capabilities of the cloud. This will build incremental capabilities to transform franchises' business function and re-establish the brand value. A world leader and supplier of analytical instruments and regions that are used in municipal, industrial, and other process applications to test water quality chose TCS to transform the business from a traditional instrument seller to providing everything as a service model, the instruments, the software, and services. The transformation which is underway is comprehensive. It touches all major business functions and IT systems and involves developing a scalable, elastic IoT platform hosted on a leading hyperscaler platform. This one is an especially uh, uh, great example of how when we talk about these technologies, it is not one alone that actually brings in that value, but the ability to weave together solutions across, as we said here, IoT, cloud, uh, even their core enterprise applications are getting transformed on the supply chain side, um, areas like uh, bringing in newer areas like CPQ. So bringing all that together and being able to transform the customer's business business model is the core of what we call this growth and transformation-led uh, opportunity set that we are so focused on. The third aspect that I want to touch upon today is sustainability. A lesser-known benefit of cloud adoption, which is increasingly moving center stage on the CEO and board agenda, is the reduction of IT carbon footprint that a migration to cloud provides. That is because hyperscaler providers are leveraging scale and technology to build more energy-efficient infrastructure and using renewable energy at scale to power the server farms. Consequently, enterprises who migrate workloads from their own data centers to a hyperscaler are achieving significant reductions in the carbon footprint associated with these workloads. So when we help customers embrace the cloud stack, it is very fulfilling to know that we are also helping them get closer to their sustainability goals. We have articulated our own carbon reduction goals in our FI21 annual report, which we published in May. We are looking to bring down our absolute carbon footprint by 70% by 2025, compared to a base year of 2016, and to become net zero emitter by 2030. While we work towards mitigating our own environmental footprint, we are also using our expertise to build solutions that help our customers bring down theirs. This quarter, we had quite a few customers engaging us for their sustainability initiatives. For example, an American pharmacy major has selected TCS to deploy TCS Clever Energy for more than 8,300 stores and 31 warehouses helping them save energy and potentially reduce CO2 emissions by 70,000 tons. This was a solution that was originally designed and deployed by TCS within its own facilities in India as one of the largest and earliest full-scale IoT deployments and which helped significantly reduce TCS's own energy consumption across over 100 buildings and 33 million square feet of office space that we had. And uh, we have now been able to uh, productize and package it and take it to multiple markets, including Middle East and North America. Japan's largest power generation company has engaged TCS to transform the power plants with autonomous operations and maintenance using the TCS IP2 uh, solution framework and to help achieve sustainability goals through reduced emissions. 
Similarly, TCS has been selected by a US-based leading electric gas company, ele electricity and gas uh, company for GIS-based wildfire applications development and support. This program aims at significantly improving detection and emergency response to a wildfire events, hence ensuring environmental protection and public and employee safety. A leading Australian oil and gas company has started design work to build a carbon capture and sequestration plant. As part of its energy mix portfolio, it has also started piloting hydrogen production with green energy sources and developing value chains to export hydrogen. TCS is partnering to develop pilots proving the efficiency of these technologies and to help them achieve their sustainability goals. While on the topic of emission reduction, one of the largest and most material shifts playing out globally is the automotive industry switch to electric vehicles and alongside that autonomous and connected driving. I want to share with you the broad spectrum of activities that we are engaged in in this industry as an example of how we are able to be relevant across multiple uh, industry participants in a large industry structure like that. Um, you are aware of our uh, investment in uh, uh, taking over GM's technology center in India. For GM now, more than 20% of those uh, workforce is involved in their electric vehicles and autonomous uh, vehicle programs. Similarly, TCS is now partnering with over 15 startups in the EV and autonomous space, including companies like Stoneridge, Velodyne, Luminotex, etc., working on areas including LiDAR, battery management systems, and a full spectrum of uh, various activities in this stack. On the Tier 1 vendor side, we are working with uh, leading providers like ZF in uh, uh, areas including ADAS 2.5 development, and uh, even more importantly, working together with them to address the significant uh, shortage in the chipset that is one of the biggest impacts that the automotive industry is going through. Our teams work jointly with ZF to put together an analytics and a procurement solution that maximize the contextual knowledge and the data in the uh, uh, ZF system and combine that with the ecosystem of partners that they have to identify both sources as well as to optimize choices of products and portfolios to maximize value and customer centricity across their ecosystem. The spread of technologies that we see and the unifying fabric of cloud is allowing us to be relevant, as I said, across various customer size levels when they're brought together under common themes at across industry level. Moving on to another theme that you've spoken a lot about in the past is mergers and acquisitions. It's a recurring GNT theme and uh, corporate restructuring leading to a Monday or divestiture are areas where we are significantly uh, participating. The case of former, we are helping customers integrate and harmonize the merged entity or the acquired entity's processes and systems in the, into the acquirer's landscape. With the latter, we help customers plan and implement the separation of assets and processes to ensure that the divested entity is fully operational from day one of its independent existence. In addition to our deep contextual knowledge and technology expertise across the spectrum, customers have been selecting TCS for our differentiated ability to stitch together multiple services and offerings, such as M&A consulting, strategy, planning, digital value identification, and harnessing, 
change management, TSA management, day one readiness, supply chain ERP implementations, rollouts, etc. So I want to take a couple of examples that showcase some of this. Uh, US-based biopharmaceutical company selected TCS as a partner to design and implement integration of their acquisition of a medical aesthetics major uh, recently. So what we've been able to do is to leverage our deep contextual knowledge of the uh, acquirer in designing the sequence of process integrations that need to be played out to maximize the realization of the two billion cost synergies that the uh, that the acquisition is very strategically hinging on. Similarly, for a global pharma leader, uh, TCS worked very closely with them to identify uh, integration strategy for the newly created JV a few years back, where we put in place a slightly atypical solution involving integration of technology systems onto the parent entity even though the acquired entity continued as a joint venture. And now we are working with them to help them spin off the technology systems to make the uh, JV fully standalone and uh, ready for an independent uh, strategy of its own. Alongside these growth and transformation engagements, we are also seeing increased activity around outsourcing as customers look for pathways to fund their new initiatives. Here to our innovative approach to deploying machine-first uh, operating model, powered by AI and machine learning to reimagine business and IT operations is helping us win such deals across industries. Coming to our Q1 order book, we are seeing a strong demand for our services as I've spoken about. As you know, we have had strong deal wins every quarter in the last fiscal. On the back of an all-time high TCV in Q4, we once again had a very strong set of deal wins in Q1 with a TCV of 8.1 billion. Once again, it's a very heterogeneous mix of deals of all sizes and distributed across industry verticals and geographies. By vertical, BSSI had a TCV of 2.2 billion, while retail vertical again achieved its all-time high order book of 1.5 billion for the second consecutive quarter. The TCV of deals signed in North America stood at 4 billion. With that, we can now open the line for questions. Thank you very much. We will now begin the question and answer session. Anyone who wishes to ask a question may press star and one on the touchstone telephone. If you wish to remove yourself from the question queue, you may press star and two. Participants are requested to use handsets while asking a question. Anyone who would like to ask a question, you may press star and one at this time. Ladies and gentlemen, we will wait for a moment while the question queue assembles. The first question is from the line of Sandeep Agarwal from Edelweiss. Please go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Ms. Agarwal. We cannot hear you clearly. Yeah, hi. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Yes, we can hear you. It's not very clear. May I request you to come on the handset mode and then ask your question? On the handset mode, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, can you hear me now, please? Hello. Can you hear me now? Uh, we can, sir, but it's not very clear. I would just request you to please check your phone line and join the queue again. In the meanwhile, we'll move to the next question. 
The next question is from the line of Sudhir Gundapali from ICIC Securities. Please go ahead. Yeah, uh, good evening, gentlemen. Uh, thanks for giving me this opportunity. NVS, uh, my first question is on the SPWS model. Uh, in the recent past, we had seen news flow about uh, CEOs of different American banks expecting their employees back in offices by a certain timeline. Uh, we are seeing similar trends in India as well as most of the employees are vaccinated at least once. Uh, so in that context, when the clients are expecting their own employees to be back in offices soon, uh, will they allow realistically allow the IT vendors to let their employees work in a borderless manner? Uh, any thoughts on this will be helpful. Um, thank you, Sudhir. Uh, I think you know. Um, I think we are committed to SBWS as a model, and a number of our customers are uh, happy with the way that it is working. But having said that, look, if customers are demanding that people will have to be working from, um, let's say, approved facilities, then we will have to discuss with them and align accordingly. Okay, thanks. Uh, Rajesh, my uh, second question. Uh, we understand that in Indian business, there was a force measure event. Uh, but even if we shift the focus away from India business for a minute and assume stable revenue run rate over there, uh, probably we can add back 70-80 basis points of growth to the reported 2.4% CC number. Uh, that takes it to roughly 3.1% sort of a sequential growth in CC terms in June quarter, which is perhaps seasonally the strongest. Uh, historically, uh, the industry or TCS would have averaged growth in the north of 3.5% in June quarter. Uh, now that we are anticipating structurally higher growth rates post-COVID, uh, how do we reconcile this rapid growth in seasonally the strongest quarter? Uh, once the base of the is over in FY22, uh, probably this rate and trajectory can uh, translate into the same 8 to 9% sort of a growth that we were doing even before COVID. Uh, any thoughts on that will be helpful. I think uh, seasonality and many of the growth trends that we spoken about is better understood at a market level. And uh, at 4.1%, uh, most of these core markets that we've seen, I think the growth trajectory is uh, fairly strong. And uh, especially coming on the back of uh, this being the fourth quarter of uh, sequential 4% growth. So I think the numbers are there. Even more importantly, the, the main growth themes that we've spoken about, we have been seeing increasing traction on that. And our confidence in that is uh, strong and in fact getting stronger, as many of the examples that we've said have played out. The, uh, how the specific quarter or the next quarter develops um, is difficult for us to call. We are hopeful for a return to uh, strong growth on a secular basis. But uh, irrespective of that, the business model and the business strategy is mm -hmm. making sure that we are aligned to the right trends. And uh, in that area, we are quite confident about our uh, long-term bets on the cloud transformation. <clears throat> as well as our increasing focus on what we call the growth and transformation side. So uh, we are quite uh, overall happy and confident about the trajectory. Okay, thanks. That's it for my side and all the best. Thank you. The next question is from the line of Divya Nagarajan from UPS. Please go ahead. Um, hi, thanks for taking the question. Third um, question, uh, Rajesh, is on pricing. I think uh, we are probably in the most 
conducive environment for price increases that we've been in a long time. Uh, could you kind of throw some light on what you're seeing in terms of pricing overall for the company and what you're seeing uh, for the digital side as well? That's question number one. Uh, the second one is just for me, um, we started with, uh, you know, the 25 and a half kind of margin. Should we expect normal seasonality of improving margin trajectory as the year goes on? Uh, travel costs, um, not included. And, uh, the corollary to that would also be that when and how do we expect travel costs to trend this year? Did you, I want to make sure I understood your first question. Are you you are asking about the pricing environment in the overall cloud uh, cloud demand, right? Uh, overall and specifically with digital as well. And specifically, if I were to refine that further, are you able to push through price increases or cost of living increases, uh, given that we are in an increasing demand as well as tightening supply situation? Yeah. Uh, so. That, Divya, um, I think we've spoken about it in the past also. As I said, our pricing strategy is uh, built on fairly long-term uh, relationships with customers and is not very volatile to specific uh, demand trends. But uh, the second part of your question is the more relevant one. Typically, in a positive environment like what we have, some of the contractual provisions like uh, COLA increases and all, uh, go through much more easier. As also, we have a much more supportive environment in terms of uh, distribution of skill sets across various price bands, etc. So there is definitely a small uh, long-term support coming out of the demand environment. But uh, headline numbers and specific pricing is not very uh, materially linked in our business model to short-term spot demand as it were. Hi, Devya. To your question on uh, uh, margins, uh, as we have seen in the past, uh, margins are uh, usually lower in uh, Q1, impacted by the normal increment cycles which we have. And uh, uh, also we have said that growth uh, remains our biggest uh, driver to margins. So as we see growth taking in back end, we should see uh, uh, the margins uh, uh, recovering from the Q1 impact which we would usually have. Having said that, as you rightly asked, we are seeing uptick in uh, uh, many discretionary expenses. Uh, travel this quarter also has a slight uptick and uh, we expect expenses, uh, some of the discretionary expenses to get back to pre-pandemic level uh, by the end of this year. Uh, sorry. Uh, so what does that mean in terms of margin ranges as we go through the rest of the year and for the full year? We'll have to wait and watch uh, on that. Uh, but we would be, we should be able to maintain margins uh, or, or sustain margins. Got it. Thanks. Uh, I'll come back to follow up if there is time. Thanks and wish you all the best for the rest of the year. Thank you. The next question is from the line of Sandeep Shah from Equivalent Securities. Please go ahead. Yeah, uh, thanks for the opportunity and congrats for a good execution outside India. Uh, just the question in terms of uh, the order book. So even, uh, uh, Rajesh, can you share uh, last time we said that uh, we had only one deal which was about $500 million. 
So, uh, is it possible to share the number of deals above 500 million dollars? Or this time also the order book has been constituted by many small and medium-sized deals. And just a follow-up on that, uh, for these smaller and medium-sized deals, uh, how is the nature of the demand? So, is it sticky deals where revenue can be annuity, or you have to replenish this smaller-sized deal each quarter? So, the run on the ground could be higher, which may lead to high SGNA spend as a whole. Um, the, uh, let me answer the second part of your question and I'll come back to the... So the distribution of deals is uh, fairly well mixed between large and uh, small ones. And uh, uh, the I would say that, uh, you know, what you asked in terms of SGNA load, of course that is higher on the smaller deals. But uh, there is a fairly good uh, distribution. So our overall uh, SGNA load should not be any significantly different than what we have seen in the past. Um, and this is across markets, uh, across all our major markets. And that's the kind of nature of uh, deals that we are seeing. Uh, I didn't fully follow the first half of your uh, question. Is yeah, that about uh, the same mix of deals or... Uh, yeah, that is last time I think we said uh, out of $9 billion order book, there was only one deal above $500 million. So can ah, you share right, that right. number for this that same, uh, It is a similar trend this time also. In fact, uh, um, we don't even have a deal above uh, $500 million in this. Uh, in fact, the largest is about $400 million. But uh, we have a fairly large uh, set of deals in, the, uh, in that category. But uh, overall it's well distributed. There is no uh, dependence on one single deal, which has been the case for the last uh, few quarters, as you know. Okay, okay. And just a uh, couple of more, if I can squeeze, just a follow-up to Divya's question. So, Rajesh, are you saying clients are receptive to consider a price increase because of the talent crunch, uh, even in the near to medium term, or it may happen over a longer period of time? And second, in terms of India business, what I understand, uh, it's not a business which is lost. It's just the postponement. And if it's a postponement, do you expect the full recovery by 2Q itself or maybe spread over 2Q to 4Q? Yeah, so the answer to the first question is that, uh, as I said, in our business model, price volatility is fairly low on both sides. Um, so typically... Uh, um, businesses are built on long-term MSAs. There is some amount of tactical change that uh, happens and the incremental uh, deals or incremental client acquisition reflects the, uh, the price environment of that time. But bulk of the business comes from existing relationships and uh, there the pricing is quite uh, stable. We don't, uh, uh, we are not much into what I said earlier, the spot market as it were. Um, the incremental deal signings happen. Greater support comes from the fact that uh, revenue leakages uh, and uh, pricing increase opportunities and contract renewals and all, uh, they are much more easier to enforce in an environment like this compared to when the demand environment is more stretched. So it gives uh, long-term lift and support, um, but not a very uh, meaningful short-term uh, flow through. The, on the second question on India, um, we are very right that it is not business lost per se, but rather than it's more of business postponed. And uh, 
if things continue the way they are in the last few weeks we should see an equally strong bounce back in the india market as it comes back to normalcy so uh, but we will wait and watch and see how it develops but it is uh, it is a one off kind of a event okay thanks and all the best thank you the next question is from the line of apurva prasad from hdfc securities please go ahead yes uh, good evening so rajesh uh, uh, how should we think about uh, continental europe that's been the growth driver earlier and, and it appears that deals have been strong but uh, the region decelerated last quarter and i think you mentioned in your earlier comments that we probably consolidate for another one or two quarters is, is that just base impact or should we read anything beyond that no uh, it's uh, the current quarter is significantly impacted the sequential 1.6 on the year on year basis it's some 19% sequential 1.6 is impacted by the fact that we grew 8.5% last quarter in uh, europe so uh, there is definitely that and that will have a another one or two quarters of impact you know as we digest that and uh, restructure that uh, relationship but the overall demand environment in europe continues to be uh, very strong uh, we are seeing good traction in uh, transmittive deals uh, europe has also used this opportunity to uh, embrace offshoring in a much larger way which is also uh, while it is uh, you know it's much more it is very encouraging from a longer term business model uh, perspective uh we are also seeing uh, parts of manufacturing uh, return significantly in europe uh, on the industrial side uh, not much not as much on the automotive side automotive uh, us we have seen very strong recovery but industrial uh, manufacturing we have seen good uh, good recovery especially greater penetration into many segments that we were earlier not that present in and uh, we are also seeing uh, retail i think i mentioned earlier uh travel and transportation uh, once again north america is leading the recovery but we think that that will come through and we are again seeing penetration into newer segments uh, like rail and other areas which were traditionally we were not uh, present in so overall uh, i'm very uh, positive about europe and uh, uh, both on the demand side as well as on the revenue side okay uh my second question is for sameer uh, uh you mentioned uh, discretionary spend outside travel seeing an uptick and hitting pre pandemic in three to four quarters so what do you think are offsets here in order to hold on to margins especially as we see attrition uh, you know looking to head uh, towards double digit uh so we would expect uh, so uh, the discretionary spend uptaking uh, would uh, definitely be there we'll have to uh, rely on other levers including growth being one of the key levers and uh, looking at uh, uh, probably differential pricing uh, to offset that but we would uh, look towards uh, all the measures available uh, to help us sustain margins okay thank you and all the best thank you Thank you. The next question is from the line of Gaurav Pratheria from Morgan Stanley. Please go ahead. 
Hi, thank you for taking my questions. So two questions. Firstly, the book to bill ratio historically used to be one times one point one times, and now it has been sustainably above one point four times in the last few quarters. Should one read this as a better revenue visibility over the coming quarter versus a usual year, or should one read that that as a change in the average tenor of the deals? That's my first question. Um, but. Uh... Some of the cloud and uh, large-scale uh, technology transformation deal, definitely tenor has uh, increased uh, in the recent uh, past, in the last year or uh, so. So there is definitely some amount of that uh, factor at play. Um, beyond that, it's early stages yet to say what, the, uh, what this is, because as you know, uh, we have been reporting this only for the last two years, and uh, the I think the ratios you're referring to come from other business models. So we'll have to wait and see what the stable ratios for our business model are. Okay. Secondly, just want to understand the growth and transformation deals uh, in which we are winning our fair share, uh, how the deals are originated. Uh, in the sense, uh, historically, one would expect the consulting companies to be advising on some of these deals which can flow through either to the same consulting companies or to the outsourcing companies. Just trying to understand how the difference uh, in the origination of deals have happened for these kind of opportunities, which probably we were not participating a couple of years back. Absolutely. Again, I'll go back to a couple of the examples that I actually uh, touched upon in my opening comments. So if you look at uh, traditionally on the Monday side, uh, we used to participate on the, you know, the fag end of the, uh, the transformation side, the technology integration per se, though that used to be, a significant part of the value driver. If you look at most m and transactions, the most uh, definite and uh, uh, called out value is the synergy benefit. And bulk of the synergy benefit really comes from technology integration and rationalization of processes. And uh, we would participate at, the, uh, at only the technology level. What we're doing is we are now proactively in scenarios like that going to customers and putting out our point of view on what that uh, strategy ought to be. And that is allowing us a seat at the table all the way up to the actually the day one planning and uh, uh, integration uh, management office. So uh, an example is the one that we spoke about where a biopharma company acquired uh, a company in what is known as cosmetic healthcare or cosmetic uh, drugs. So. These, the portfolios were quite different. Uh, there were parts of the portfolio that could be integrated, parts of the portfolio that requires a different uh, supply chain and a different uh, customer front end. Because of our deep contextual knowledge of what their systems were and what parts of the systems could be exposed to be able to support the, uh, the new business models, we were able to put out a very proactive pitch to them saying that, we can significantly accelerate this integration by following this strategy and, uh, you know, accelerate the, uh, the realization of the $2 billion synergy value that they had uh, shared with the market. That allowed us a uh, you know, seat at the table uh, in terms of designing that and thinking through the options of that, uh, of that integration and being part of what is known as the integration management office and uh, designing what is called the day one operating uh, strategy. And, and so it is in many ways us actually becoming more aware of the knowledge that we have 
being able to package and articulate it better and then being able to convert that into incremental uh, services and opportunities up that uh, chain or in the front end of that chain so that's a classic example of what we are trying to achieve here that building on our trusted relationships building on the contextual knowledge that we have and then reaching forward and uh, investing in those incremental consulting capabilities and skill sets that are required so that we are putting out a integrated seamless uh, uh, proposition which competes against a outside in proposition that a traditional consulting model uh, brings about so that's the the nature of the uh, change that we are seeking to uh, engineer here and uh, early signs of success are very encouraging great uh, thank you for the elaborate answer if i may just squeeze in last question for samir uh, your comment on stable margin outlook is for the full year right sustained margin at the last year level is that uh, is that correct understanding thank you yes absolutely i'm talking about long term structural margins uh, to be sustained and uh, it's for the full year thank you thank you The next question is from the line of Ruchi Burde from BOP Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, my question is to uh, Milind. Uh, 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 could you share uh, your uh, thoughts about the talent market situation uh, uh, at present, and uh, uh, some qualitative uh, colors regarding uh, uh, the talent induction uh, which TCS is uh, having? maybe in terms of uh, now the mix between the fresher and experienced professionals uh, the locations um, are we doing more uh, offshore or uh, we are uh, uh, committed uh, to the on site local hiring agenda uh, uh, even at, at the current moment yeah so uh, i think our our model uh, is very strong and we have been using this for for many years now and that uh that remains the same basically our you know like we hired close to 40000 uh, trainees last year uh, from the from the campus we will do the same thing even more numbers this year uh the overall market demand is you know job market is hot so yes uh, uh, there will be some uh, impact on attrition but like i said earlier you know it is uh, something which is part of our operating model and we will manage that it will i don't think it will have an impact any anything specifically on any any uh, any, any parameters business parameters materially so uh, and the fact that we are continue to hire not only in india but we actually strengthen our overall uh, local hiring across the globe and and uh, that continues you know for example a very large number of trainees uh, of the order of between between 2000 and 3000 trainees will will hire in us again this year uh, and similar similar numbers are there in apac in latam and uh, you know we also are building now a trainee base in in europe uh, and uk so i think uh, from a talent standpoint and and our operating model standpoint and most importantly our own internal talent development machinery which is uh, which is uh, uh, industrious uh, is is all of these factors when they come together uh, we actually create a solution create an operating model which uh, you know can uh, deal with any of these external environment parameters uh, in a in a very healthy manner
Thank you. Thank you. The next question is from the line of Girish Pai from Nirmal Bang. Please go ahead. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, Rajesh, I had a couple of questions on demand. Uh, you mentioned that last couple of quarters we've not uh, seen very, I mean, we've not clocked large deals. You had the largest deal was 400 million this quarter, uh, rather in one queue, and the previous quarter it was 500 million. Uh, the question is, aren't there uh, large deals in the market anymore, or are you walking, walking away from large deals because they do not meet your profitability criteria? No, no, we are not walking away from large deals. Uh, I think uh, we continue to participate. We are quite disciplined in our approach, but uh, we are also tactically quite uh, competitive. Um, it is just the nature of deal closures that we have had and uh, the kind of pipeline that we are focusing on. Uh, it's also uh, impacted by our increasing focus on the uh, GNT kind of engagements and traction that we're gaining. But as a strategy, uh, we have focused on the full spectrum and uh, we absolutely you know are very uh, keen and participating in many uh, such ones whether it be the large one that we spoke about last quarter last quarter i said 500 million uh, 500 million plus rather uh, which was the deutsche bank deal in germany we have spoken about in the past uh, the quarter before uh, about the prudential deal in ireland so large transformative, even outsourcing-led deals, we are among, uh, very, very focused on it. It's a sweet spot for us. Uh, the second question had to do with pipeline. Uh, your order inflow numbers have been growing in the teens, high teens last quarter. So is the pipeline also growing at that same rate, or is it growing faster? Uh, or is it are your growth in the order inflow largely market share gain-driven? Our pipeline numbers are growing, but uh, we are uh, not directly sharing that because uh, also, as I said, we are stabilizing these uh, metrics. Um, our typical target win rates are uh, different, and we are taking a more uh, liberal view on what we want to participate. So we are seeking to participate more than what we were traditionally seeking, and uh, that is driving a much higher uh, pipeline growth. But uh, I wouldn't directly relate that to revenue. So uh, it's a it's part of the overall transformation that we are going through. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the last question for today. I now hand the conference over to the management for closing comments. Thank you, Operator. To sum up, the growth and transformation themes we have been talking about are only strengthening as evidenced by the robust growth in our major markets and across industry verticals as well as strong deal wins in Q1. With growth returning, we had robust client additions across all revenue buckets this quarter, which is an important measure of depth of our customer relationships. Our margins continue to be industry leading and we believe will sustain going ahead. It also gives us the wherewithal to continue investing in building the capabilities needed to expand our footprint in the growth and transformation opportunity. On the people front, we had an all-time high net addition in Q1. Our attrition continues to be low at this point, but we are watching carefully given the strong demand for high-quality digital talent in the market. Our pan-India vaccination drive has progressed well. Over 70% of our employees are now vaccinated, at least with the first shot, and we expect to cover all TCSOs and their families by September. Thank you all for joining us on this call today. Enjoy the rest of the evening or day and do stay safe. Thank you.
Thank you, members of the management. On behalf of TCS, that concludes this conference call. Thank you for joining us, and you may now disconnect your lines.